Welcome to the I-29 Mu Yu Dairy Podcast. I-29 Mu University is a consortium of land-grant universities in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota, and Nebraska. This podcast covers timely news, information, and research for today's dairy industry. Welcome everybody to the dairy podcast from the I-29 Mu University. Today, uh, we've got two of us here. I'm delighted to have Jim Sulfur here with me from University of Minnesota. He's dairy specialist. My name is Fred Hall, and I'm the Iowa State University dairy specialist for Western Iowa. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Well, welcome, Fred. Thanks for inviting me, and hopefully we'll have some informative information for listeners today as we kind of move toward the end of 2021. Absolutely. And, you know, we've all been waiting for, you know, one is USDA going to give us the sign up day window for dairy margin coverage. And that happened this past week. Uh, the program will open up for sign up from December 13th through February 18th. It's going to be a little different program than what uh, we have had. I mean, the the skeleton is still probably the same, but there's some interesting changes. What have you heard on that, Jim? Well, one of the things that helps us out a lot here in Minnesota and any other kind of upper Midwest states where we've got smaller farms is they are going to allow this supplemental production or a step up in basis, essentially what it is. If you remember, you got to go way back to about 2011, 2012, where the basis was kind of set. And we've had some farms that were small farms that did usually moss expansion since then. And so they finally got what they're calling it a supplemental production. So the way it works is if your operation has increased production from what your current approved base level is, you can upgrade that to 2019's production. Of course, up to the 5 million pound cap. Yep. And what you will need is a copy of your milk pound sold in 2019 from your processor. Another important part, uh, Fred went through the enrollment signup period. This step must be completed prior to your 2022 DMC enrollment. So if you want to have a stepped up basis, you probably want to do that really pretty soon. And what will happen is it'll, it'll take that increase from your 2019 to your current production base and then they'll take about 75% of that gain and add it to your base. So you won't get all of it. But I think for some of our farms that have expanded over this period of time, and of course, goodness knows, you know, seven or eight or nine years in the dairy industry is a world apart. The other thing that once you get that signed up, and there's been a lot of rumors going around that they will increase those payments back a number of years. But it looks like that supplemental uh, DMC payment will be paid in 2021 and the years moving forward, but it will not be retroactive prior to 2021. I know that was a little bit of a rumor. And of course you have to pay for the coverage, not too surprising, but the new supplemental pounds rate will be set at 15 cents a hundred. Yep. And there will be no, remember if you, back when the old days, when you signed up, if you signed up for all five years, you could have locked that in at a little lower rate at about 11 cents or 11 and a quarter cents per hundred weight. Yep. But the original pounds stay at that rate, but the new pounds are going to be at 15 cents. So that's kind of that supplemental production piece. They're also doing an update to the alfalfa 
factor adjustment. You want to talk about that a little bit? I sure can, but we are really looking at some good milk prices. And, you know, you look back uh, in 2020, uh, guys said, you know, milk's pretty good. I'm not going to even sign up for DMC. So in 19, uh, here in Iowa, we had uh, about 87% of producers enrolled. And in 20, only 57% of them enrolled. And we all know what happened. So, you know, if they had signed up, uh, they would have probably had uh, seven months of payments that they didn't receive. And I just, even though we've got good prices today and probably will continue for a while, at 15 cents a hundred weight, this is really a, still a no-brainer as far as being a, a principal part of your risk management portfolio. So I just wanted to slip that in early because I, I think it's really important that we remember the, what happened a, a year ago there. Let's kind of move in, like you said, to the, the feed cost formula. Uh, what do is 100% premium alfalfa rather than the 50% that was the standard for the payments. Uh, the amended feed cast formula will make DMC payments really more reflective of what dairy producers feed, I think is going to help us uh, quite a bit as far as the, the feed side of it. Yeah, the other thing, Fred, uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts on this and make sure you check with your FSA office. But at least by now, all accounts is that those premium alfalfa payments, which will of course increase the feed costs, which will make the margin bigger, that will be retroactive for the calendar years 2020 and 2021, and will also be used in all calculations moving forward. So there might be some uh, potential payments for 2020 and 2021. But again, make sure you get this all from your FSA office, because they're the ones that really know it. And sometimes there's rumors get started out in the countryside about what it's going to be. I think these tend to be pretty final right now. But just to tag team on what you said, you remember that this is an insurance program. Uh, and I, I think it, it behooves everybody to think of it a little bit as an insurance program. And if you look long-term at this program, especially at the 950 level, and if you'd have went back, way back when we had the old dairy program, almost every year you would have recouped your premiums. As you mentioned, Fred, to me, it's one of those things you don't even think about. When you buy car insurance, you can chop around for it. But I think not many of us would say, yeah, I don't know. The weather forecast pretty good. It's going to be a nice winter. I don't think I'll need car insurance for the next six months. I might not get in an accident. I think this is one of the few, one of these few government programs that you really kind of probably just need to sign up for. Because for most years, you're going to be uh, further off ahead. Who would have ever speculated that we would have the feed costs we had this year. And uh, for most farms, these checks really help them out. And so, uh, I mean, I'm in Fred's camp and I think most lenders, if you talk to most of your brokers are kind of in the same camp. And even if you're a big farm, it could be part of your risk management strategy. Absolutely. So Fred, you can talk about the good news of where we're at for milk prices right now. Well, I was just looking at the, the market before we started and we've got 
all 12 months over $19. We've got eight months over $19.50, and that's on class three. And on class four, we've got a bunch of those over $20. Jim, you and I focus on cheese market or class three because that's where we live. Butter market has been amazing. That's been a, a strong export because our United States price was actually below world price. So for the first time in many years, we actually were a significant exporter of butter. And when you have butter, then you have powder products. And, you know, we've set some uh, contract highs and some actual uh, highs on uh, powders way is over 70 cents or was yesterday when I checked penny there is about five cents on the milk price. So we've had some really good things happening with the price of milk and a lot of it, you know, we're down on production and not just the United States, but most of the countries who produce significant milk for export, they're down. Uh, if they're not down, they're not raising anywhere near what they were in the past. So that's a good side. But this is an equation. You know, we've got supply and demand. And when we look at the demand here in the United States, it's been really good to dairy. But Jim, what is this new wave of pandemic uh, going to do? Uh, are we going to be able to sustain these high consumer demand? I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, you've always got, like in any market, futures markets are supposed to predict, or they do the best job of trying to predict what the future demand and supply will be. It just seems like moving forward, we're going to have more black swan events than we've had in the past. These black swan events are turning into white swan events, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a drought, whether it's a weather event or something like that. But that's a really good question, Fred. And I think that's why people really need to think about what they're gonna do for risk management because by all accounts, at least now, they think this Omicron virus is more contagious than probably other ones that we've seen, but maybe less virulent, but there's a lot of moving parts. And you know, you can't hardly listen to the news and we can, debate all day long which side the newsmakers take, but the fact remains that we're at pretty high levels. I know Minnesota announced a week or so ago that uh, most of our hospitals are full, most of our uh, emergency rooms are full of, not of COVID patients, but they're really pretty full. So my point is uh, we're at pretty high COVID levels nationally of where we've been. Is that gonna stymie demand? You know, I really don't know. I don't think there's a lot of appetite to close things down. The other thing you've got is this whole inflation piece. How is that going to affect potential milk supplier demand? And so we've got some moving parts here that we don't, we never know about. And that's why prices move up and down. So Fred, I wish I had a crystal ball. Heck, I'd be, both of us would be laying on a beach somewhere where it's maybe a little bit warmer. Absolutely. You know, you look at what are the probabilities of being able to lock in essentially $20 milk for an entire year. 
that does not happen very often. That's exactly right. It just, it's kind of a, a situation we all like to have, you know, the flip side of it is, you know, what is our input costs going to be? I was up to the hay market the, the other day and, you know, we were blessed. We had a lot of hay coming in uh, this fall and you could buy premium alfalfa below $200. There was a small sale, but anything that looked good and had a test on it was 220 and up. Prices are, are going up. So yeah, we're going to have to watch our margins. It's always been a margin business. The market is truly elegant because supply and demand means if you have more product, the price goes down. You know, less product, the price goes up. And where it balances is when it's clearing the marketplace. That's what a market does and we sometimes we we forget that when we're in a production side where we can't hold our product that milk truck comes every day that milk has to be processed and something has to be done with it we've been blessed that we can make a lot of cheese we make butter make powder but the market is elegant it will clear the market right now it's in our favor and part of that is, you know, exports. When one day's milk out of every seven is going overseas, uh, that's been a blessing. But right now, when 72% of the containers are going back to Pacific Rim and China empty, that's going to take a toll at some point if we don't get the labor situation and the health of the labor uh, force in check we could see that change yeah i've been working with some farms on kind of year-end financials and if you were buying feed this past year you didn't have a really good year even with our pretty good milk prices and so you know, on a national standpoint, I don't see all of those, but there's some areas of the country that purchase a lot of their feed. And so if we can keep these increases in milk production nationally from increasing a lot, if we can stay one half to 1%, that should be fairly positive for our milk prices. But if we see these grain prices drop a little bit and some areas expand milk production, the other thing I think we need to think a little bit about milk production uh, or the cheese, because there's been a couple of new cheese plants built or are in the process of being built. And so I, I don't know of any large ones that are going to be going online over the next, you know, six to 12 months. But I think we need to be thinking a little bit about that side, too. Cheese is kind of in the darling of the dairy industry. And we're really fortunate to be in the upper Midwest uh, right now. But these class four prices, these high class four prices might stimulate production in some class four areas that'll ultimately potentially weigh a little bit on the market. So there's a lot of moving pieces that are really hard for any of us to predict, but I think it's things as owners and managers, you need to keep balancing in your head and as hard as it is to try and kind of take the emotion out of it and say, okay, is this an opportunity for me to have a really good year in 2022? And if it is, Try to do your best to put a floor under the prices. I know the premiums for uh, the DRP program is, are pretty high, 
but maybe it's worth it. If you think they're going to go up, then put a floor under your mill. And maybe that can help you some too to protect that downside. Because to me at $20, historically, there's been more downside than upside at that price. I guess I'll say it that way. Exactly. Jim, as we are going to close out today's uh, podcast, my take-home message is uh, to producers, get into the FSA office and get signed up for the dairy margin coverage. It's just too good a deal not to, uh, to do. What, uh, what's your take-home message for them? Well, kind of the same. I think uh, develop a risk management strategy, whatever that is. I think we don't want to be in and out of the market constantly. Uh, in a previous life, I managed a feed department and people that were constantly in and out of the markets, whether it was a feed market or a futures market, you know, it seems like oftentimes they were backwards because they saw their neighbors make money. And uh, when they were in the market, then they'd go in and then they'd be on the wrong side of the market. So I think work with a broker or if you're knowledgeable enough, work with somebody and just develop a really good strategy. And I think we've got to avoid sometimes being too hoggish, maybe to think we've got to hit the top of the market. I think it's important to remember that consistently making money every year makes everybody happy, makes your banker happy. It should make you happy. It makes everybody you work with happy. So try and develop a strategy that you can, uh, where you can kind of consistently make money year after year. And I know it's hard. You kind of got to plug your nose when you lock in prices that are lower than you could potentially get. It's hard to leave all that money on the table. But again, we have tools where you can put floors under the market. If if you can't sleep at night by missing that high price, you might have to pay some premium to put a floor in the market, but that leaves your upside open. So there are a lot of tools out there right now at your disposal that can help you lock in these prices or to, to get the best possible price for your farm. Exactly. You know, I think by locking a floor, we got to remember it doesn't prevent you from, you know, getting the higher price. You've just protected yourself if the, the market does some some drastic moves. Jim, uh, always enjoy visiting with you. Uh, I'd like to thank our listeners for attending the Moo University podcast. We'll look forward to talking with you next time. Yep. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for all your listeners. I-29 Moo U is an equal opportunity provider for the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries. Go to extension.iastate.edu forward slash diversity forward slash ext.